In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. Welcome, everybody, to the Million Dollar Mindset. I hope you had a Million Dollar Mindset weekend. I sure did. I enjoyed time with friends all weekend long. It was just fabulous. And going into another great week, so happy Monday here. We have a truly amazing and inspirational guest on our show today. Um, This man... I can't even tell you enough about his story. You absolutely need to, to have his book. And um, today's a good opportunity for that because we're giving away three of them on air. So hopefully you're listening listening live and you'll have the opportunity to call in during the show. I'll give you that number now. It's 877 877-864-4869. And we'll repeat that again. We have three books to give away today, and you're going to want to read this book. Our guest today started using drugs at the age of 10. I mean, if you can just fathom that, 10 years old, and started dealing them at the age of 14, carrying guns at the age of 15, and was arrested 11 times before he even reached the age of 14. What is that first year, maybe second year high school? But it didn't matter because eventually he dropped out of high school at the age of 15. He was heavily addicted at various times in his life to meth, crack, marijuana, alcohol, and and, and other street drugs. And in and out of foster care, he moved 26 times, no, 34 times between the ages of 11 and 26, including... (laughs) foster homes, count the jails, the street shelters, and everything else. That's just amazing. And to cap it all off, suffered multiple drug overdoses and experienced clinical death. But Kip Kreiling launched a new life. I mean, he transformed. And this is his story. His book is his story about how he transformed his life and the principles, the transformation principles that he learned along the way. And today, Kip shares those principles. He volunteers in in prisons and works with the youth there. He's written this fabulous book. He's in a a wonderful marriage with, with children and a very, very successful businessman. So let's figure out how this happened because it does sound like a mystery ready to unravel. Kip, welcome to the show. 
Thank you, thank you, Marla, for inviting me to the Million Dollar Mindset and, and for that for that introduction. Oh, absolutely. Well, you you certainly deserve no less because your story is just a, such a story of strength and inspiration. And you know, I had uh, actually put a post out there um, to my other show hosts because there are quite a few of us on the TogiNet Network, the Her Insights Network here. Um, that, you know, anybody who has a loved one, <clears throat> excuse me, who is suffering from addiction um, or getting caught up with the wrong people at a young age really, really needs to read this story. And I truly feel that. So, Kip, if you wouldn't mind starting, um, could you just tell us a little bit about that tra- traumatic, really, background? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, Marla, my... My background and experience um, as, as, a, as a juvenile criminal is, is unfortunately not very unique, um, and, and, and it's growing more per- pervasive in our society as, um, as the availability and potency of, of drugs uh, increase, increases on our streets and as um, there continues to be um, breakdown of the family unit, um, we, we see... Uh, unfortunately, increasing numbers of kids that had, you know, my kind of uh, psychosis at, at young ages. And, um, but, you know, as, as you know uh, from my book, I, I was able to, to turn my life around and, um, and break a, a whole series of, of um, you know, horrific addictions and, and uh, mental um, uh, uh, destructive behavior cycles. Uh, which is frankly why I, I do the, the work I do in, in prisons and youth prisons, which, which I do on a volunteer basis, because it, it's just something that, you know, getting in front of the youth in prison, the fact that I'm just there for them has power. Um, and they know I'm not there for any paycheck or anything else. It's just, just to help them. And, and, you know, on that point, pe- people ask me, you know, so why youth prisons and, uh, fr- frankly, I can barely drive by uh, a prison without wanting to go in. I do some work in, in adult prisons as well, um, because I I managed to find the exit signs, if you will, um, to the really the, the the mind traps that people end up finding themselves in. Right, and and you're just just the the title of your show, Million Dollar Mindset, and and the and the work you do speaks to um, the, the power of our mind and, and how uh, it, it both, it, it's, it's um, self-feeding um, force that, you know, if, if, if the thoughts in your head are destructive and poor, you see all the evidence that supports that. And if you can learn to think differently, you, you can turn it around. Right. And so how does a kid on the streets learn to think differently? I, you know, in, in, in my case, um, the story behind the story is uh, what was a, uh, um, a spiritual conversion. Um, there are some aspects of that story that, that I don't share in my book. Um, I, I share in speaking engagements. Um, and, and, and if I went probably too, too far down that path, it would consume the whole hour with, mm-hmm. with, uh, with that topic. But I, I had a, you know, a, a series of, frankly, spiritual miracles that occurred that, 
that helped me turn around. Um, and and to, to be frank, those those miracles occurred in my life through the, I'll just say, the positive power and faith of another individual. I'll, you know, I'll leave it at that for now. But as you could tell when you read my book, I, um, I don't hide the, f- the fact in my book that I had these, uh, you know, kind of spiritual experiences, miracles, really. Um, but, but I really wrote the book for a, a broad audience because um, maybe I'll say, say it this way. Those, I'll call them spiritual interventions, kind of got me from negative 10 to zero. But it wasn't so much those interventions that got me into um, graduate school and into Fortune 500 uh, a Fortune 500 career path, um, but the lessons I learned about the mind through that experience is what I used to advance advance my career from zero to ten. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because it is about the mindset. Once it you, is about the mind. Yeah. Once you. I guess where it starts, right? I mean, there's, there's right. as you know. I mean, I. I, I one of my chapters is completely devoted yeah. to the impact of the environment. Um, another one is devoted to, um, you know, frankly, getting um, help in your life and some other things. So, it, so it goes. You know, if you if you if you go try to do it on your own with just positive thinking, it won't it won't, it won't be enough to change right the, the the psychosis that I lived in. Right, but as the more positive thinking comes into place, do you not believe that you begin to attract people who support that thought and and can take can help you achieve greater levels of thought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You absolutely you do. Yeah, um, but but sometimes you really have to fix some environmental factors. <laughs> I'll, I'll use that term. Right, because uh, in, in that in that chapter of my book, w- which I call "The Fire Precedes the Bloom," and you know, I use that metaphor, as you know, because you 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 you've read the book. I use that metaphor because we know in our national forests, for years and years and years, we put out all forest fires, and we ended up with an unending chain of of. Um, of uh, evergreen forests, and uh, the problem with that is that they create a very acidic. That there's no light in them, in you know, on the on the on the forest floor, and they they put off a lot of acidic needles. And there's whole uh, groups of the ecosystem that can't survive in that environment. And and sometimes what you have to do is burn the environment for a fresher one to to right. to blossom underneath it. And and so in fact, the U.S. Forest Service now follows that policy. They even do controlled burns, and they let some burns occur. But you know, some some not sometimes our, our environment is a major force in our life, and and so one factor you have to uh, look at if your if your life is not where you want it to be, and you can clearly see it that it, it needs to be better. One of the things you need to look at is the environmental influences in your life. Um, because change, go ahead. right, and create change. But as a child, yeah. we don't always have the power to do that. And you didn't have the power to do that in your childhood. 
um, because you were moved from foster home to foster home to prison to prison. I, I didn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. until later. It, it wasn't in that chapter, as you know. I, you know, I I, I had a, a relapse that unfortunately yes. when I in, in my mid twenties and and realized at that point that I wasn't going to be able to overcome that I needed to change my environment to overcome those addictions, which I did, and and change them, change the addictions. Overcame them is the right statement. Yeah, overcame them, absolutely. And, um, Kip, we're going to go into break in a few seconds. And when we, we come back, I'd like to talk more about the environmental changes and how, how people can actually seek to achieve that when they're not at their highest level of strength. And here we go into break. We'll be back in a moment. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Girlfriend It is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story? Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Inside Network on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here today on this sunny Monday with um, author and transformation leader, Kip Kreiling. Kip's book is The Imposter, How a Juvenile Criminal succeeded in business and in life. And today, after quite the childhood, Kip is a Fortune 15 executive, a 
personal transformation leader, an author, a speaker, and a much-loved husband and, and father of five. That's right, a father of five. How fabulous for you to go from the environment from which you came in and to create a loving household like this, Kip. That's a pretty amazing transformation in and of itself. Well, 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 well thank, thank you for those comments. I, I, it, it's hard to pick up in the book because it's just one line at the end, but um, in the last chapter, but the, one of the things I'm frankly most proud of is that I've been able to stop a cycle of child abuse that was repeated on both sides of my family tree uh, for generations. Wow. And, and uh, you know, I'm just thrilled when I go to my home and see my children in an environment that just doesn't have um, some of, you know, the abuses that were occurring in the environment I was raised in. And that is a huge, huge achievement and, and probably an unusual one. Yeah, hearing about your family vacations, uh, I can tell that there's no abuse going on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, and I hope it doesn't have to. I mean, the whole point of my book, and, and, and I know the, the focus of your, your show and the work you do, is that these transformations don't have to be as infrequent as they are. And right. that, that, that people really can uh, learn how to, to change their life. Um, and, and I... You know, one of my favorite quotes is that um, everything's impossible until you learn how to do it. And <laughs> once you learn how to do it, it's not impossible anymore. And so, you know, when you first learned to ride a bike, it was really hard. For anyone who, I have uh, young children and have recently been helping one learn to read. And for any of you who have engaged in that activity recently, you'll be aware of how hard it is to learn to read but our, you know, our, our mind has an amazing way of automating um, these learnings, and, and they feel like instincts later, but in fact, you had to learn it. And so transforming uh, is, is just another, it's just another human skill. And if you can learn the principles that govern um, our ability to, to, to change the way we think and the way we act, you'll find that something that looked impossible initially isn't. Yeah, yeah, and Kip, if I if I recall right, somewhere in your book you talked about the fact that we're born with a virtually endless capacity to transform and to change and to adapt, but we need to be nurtured in a way and taught to do that. Um, where are some of the places that you learn to create, you know, to adapt first, but then to create? Your new environments. Oh wow, that that um, in some ways that's a hard question because I'm I'm always seeking to in- improve um, my my life and my my thinking processes and 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 I'm I'm under no delusion that all the concepts that are in my mind today are correct. And that some, uh, maybe many, still need to be fixed. And so, uh, I'm in a constant journey of looking for, um, you know, books and experts and uh, other sources where I can learn, you know, what they've learned about a particular topic. And so, I'll give one example that I that I refer to um, in the last chapter of my book, which is uh, Martin Seligman's book on learned optimism. 
um, just, just that, that skill alone, uh, if you can really learn to shift your thinking from a pessimistic uh, perspective to an optimistic perspective, that change alone will completely transform your life. And, uh, you know, when I was first exposed to Seligman's book, um, I thought I was an Well, I, I think most people would have classified me as an optimist, even an extreme optimist. But he has a test that measures your level of optimism, and there were some areas of that um, of that particular test where I wasn't doing well. And, and he specifically, his, his methodology is that what he's found is that when pessimists experience failure, they, they use language inside that interprets that failure as permanent, pervasive, and personal. And, and so the permanent, the permanent is that, you know, I failed here, I'm going to always fail. The pervasive is, oh, I lost my job, now my marriage is going to go to hell. And the personal is, I failed because of me. And optimists use exactly the opposite language. Uh, it's only pessimists, frighteningly, they use the, they, they, they view failures as personal, um, pervasive, and, and, um, permanent, but when they have successes, they use language that's just the opposite. It's yes. not going to be permanent. It's not pervasive, and it wasn't me. And optimists are exactly the opposite, and, and we have large um, um, databases or you know, significant studies that show that optimists live longer, they're healthier, their marriages last, they do better in their job, they perform better in, in athletics, and on and on and on. So that would be one example of, of a source that helped me in the last five years actually take my life to, to the next level. But there's, it, there's been many along the way. Yeah. And would you repeat the name of um, Dr. It's Dr. Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N, Seligman, S-E-L-I-G-M-A-N. And the okay. name of that book is Learned Optimism. Learned Optimism. That, yeah, that does sound fascinating. And I know that, you know, he says that optimism is linked to depression. And, um, you know, just training your mind in a different way can bring you out of the depression. Yeah, you know, with a lot of work. But the mind is such an amazing thing. And I love in um, one of your chapters in the book, this really stood out to me because I just love studies of the mind, um, mind to muscle to metamorphosis, um, where you say that in, in this case, for instance, the, the British Medical Journal showed that 60% of physicians in Israel use placebos in their medical practice. And based on the research of uh, Dr. Herbert Benson, um, uh, 60 to 90% of diseases responded to placebos, even really, really, really serious diseases, which is a wonderful case study in showing us the power of the mind. It, 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 if you look at the evidence that shows how our, our mind actually um, uh, shapes, the, our, our beliefs actually shape the world around us. Um, if you look at the evidence, it's, it's incredibly persuasive. And, and, and one of them is the placebo effect. It's probably one of the, mo- the mo- most documented um, examples of, of, of mind over matter, if you will. I happen to, today I'm an executive at 
United Health Group, which is um, a $90 billion um, health insurance, health company. We, we offer insurance and several other products. I, I happen to work in the, in the part of our business that um, delivers uh, healthcare technology products. But when you, when you want to get a new drug passed for, for use in the U.S., you have to prove that your drug is stronger than the placebo effect at least three times in three wow. separate studies because um, the placebo effect is so strong. And, and in, in this case, for people who aren't familiar with placebos, they're a sugar pill that the patient is told is an effective drug. And, and they've, they've uh, in, in the case of depression, some of our most widely used um, depression uh, medications had to go through like seven or eight trials to get three in which um, the actual drug was stronger than the placebo. Oh, wow. So just knowing for someone who's in a severe enough depression to be on medication, just knowing that they're getting help supposedly through this drug and through the support of a physician, um, even if the drug is a sugar pill, is enough for them to be able to begin changing their mindset. They actually, through MRIs, they have identified that the blood vessels in the part of the brain that that um, that that feed optimistic uh, perspectives mm-hmm. open up through the placebo. Wow. So it's it's not it's not just what they're saying. MRIs have documented the same effects, and and the same is true of pain medication. That that um, the um, when, when when patients take placebos placebos that they believe are pain medication, that the body releases more endorphins than a normal person. So it, 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 it just it's just the case that we, our mind is the beginning of everything that, that we have and, and, and all the riches and, and, and success we have in life. It ha- we have to start by being able to believe it and see it. And, you know, earlier we, we started this segment with you um, talking about, um, um, and it's really out of Chapter 2, about how we're born with um, this incredible capacity for change. Um, there, are, there are many voices out there that uh, I oppose, and you'll see why, because I'm a transformation leader, that would make us believe that we're... Um, predestined is, is, there's a better word, I can't remember the exact word, but, you know, historically it used to be religious voices. Today, there are uh, evolutionary biologists and others that suggest that our, our genetic makeup or, or our, you know, uh, evolutionary changes um, cause us to do things that we can't change. And, and so, in fact, there are people out there that believe we're substantially driven by instincts. I mean, this, this topic alone... Um, Kind of uh, is worth discussing in this context because you can you can find life forms out there that are completely driven by instincts. They're trees and bugs, and one of the ways you can know they're completely driven by instinct is because when they come into this world, they are immediately independent of their of their parent life form because they don't and have they to thrive. learn anything. And the the reason they don't have to learn anything is because their their yeah. life is completely driven by instinct. And here we go into break. Let's come back to that in just a moment. 
Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. It's time. Time for some R&R. Sure, rest and relaxation is good, but reinvention and re-energizing is even better. Time for some R&R with Rachel Wright. Happens Tuesdays at noon, 11 a.m. Central. Part of the Her Insight Network. You see, when life throws you a curveball such as divorce, the arrival of twins, a loss of a job, or you just seem to be stuck in a rut of your everyday routine, R&R offers you the escape you're seeking. Rachel will introduce you to friends who have been there and done that and chose to reinvent their lives. They will share stories on how they have successfully coped with mind-bending situations. And instead of being a victim of circumstances, they have decided to sit in the driver's seat and take control of the course their life will take. And most importantly, they're enjoying the ride. Check out Rachel's books and her website at themotherofreinvention.com. Plus her page on Facebook, Time for some R&R. It's time for reinvention and re-energizing. Time for some R&R. With Rachel Wright, Tuesdays at noon, 11 a.m. Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Let's chat it up with Bloom Talk with Barb Scala on Toginet. Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern, 2 Central. And find out how women are growing, blossoming, and blooming in their friendships and careers, health, and so much more. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala. Check out our website, bloomwithbarb.com. Whether you want to transplant your life or just do a little pruning, Bloom Talk will inspire you to cultivate the lifestyle you want to live. Join lifestyle coach and co-author of Sanity Savers, Barb Scala, each week on Bloom Talk and sprout your dreams. Grow your life. I hear a lot from women. I want meaning in my life. I want a fulfilling life. I want to do something that's exciting. and I can control my life instead of my life controlling me. I can tell the world this is who I am and, and this is what I'm all about. Barb will introduce you to dynamic guests and real women who are redesigning, re- building and reinventing their own lives and bloomstorm how you can dream create and grow the lifestyle you want to live it's bloom talk with barb scala thursday afternoons at three eastern two central on toginet.com welcome back to the million dollar mindset if you're ready for a big change in your work your career your happiness your life it all starts with attitude and marla is here to help it's the million dollar mindset part of the her insight network on toginet.com and now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And we're here today with Kip Kreiling, uh, a transformational leader and author coming from an amazing life history into an amazing life. And if you'd like a copy of Kip's book, The Imposter, call in at 877-864-4869. Or if you're listening to this as a podcast or download from iTunes, feel free to email me and the first three people that do that, I'll ship this book off to it's really a meaningful read and email me at Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. So going into break, Kip, we're talking about instincts and how some life forms just live by instinct. And I think that in, in really critical parts of our life, you know, we also live by instinct and certainly we live by intuition as well. Um, so Continue to tell us your thoughts on that. Yeah, so when, when we hit the break, I was just saying that it's easy to identify life forms that are completely driven by instinct because they're independent of their parent life form from birth. And, and, and they, they instincts drive their behavior. It's, and I, I, when I use the word instinct, I, I, I'm going to use the term um, uh, knowledge that you don't have to learn. You know, so they come into existence with this knowledge, and for for and you can actually take 
the various kinds of life forms on Earth, and you can you can put them on a plot that can help you understand how much they're driven by instinct versus another thing, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And and that that plot really is how long does it take them to be independent? And so if you if you take an elephant, an elephant needs nurturing for about eight years before it can be independent because it is not born with all of the instincts required for its survival, and it learns much of what it has to know through through parental nurturing. For human beings, we're lucky if we're independent after 20 years. Mm-hmm. And what that proves to us is that our, our lives are not primarily driven by instincts. And so one might ask, what is driving it? If it's not instinct, what is it? And, and, and frankly, it's, it's, it's our values which are driven by our ideas. We're idea-driven entities. And, and so uh, ideas are just the, the lifeblood of what makes us act and, and, and what makes us who we are. And, and if, we, if we internalize that, we'll, um, that fact will be a, a little more uh, diligent about the ideas we let into our head, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think for me, a huge turning point in my life was when I was introduced to the idea of, you know, understanding and identifying my values and, uh, you know, what those really meant. And um, once you understand that the things that are most important to you and the actions that you take that are most important to you really do drive your happiness. And if you're out of integrity with those values, you're not in life balance. Bingo. Yeah, a huge turning point for people. So tell us how, you know, I'm still a little muddled around, you know, how you managed to come into that awareness with, you know, the upbringing that you did have. Um, that, that, as I mentioned in, you know, in our first segment, my, my initial experience or, or the initial forces, I should say, that helped me break out of the darkness um, were, were spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, and so in, if you look at um, the acknowledgement section of my book, uh, you know, I, it, in this case, my acknowledgement section is, little different than most books because I'm I I spend all the time most of the time in that section recognizing the people that helped me come out of that horrible childhood and I talk about a guy named Mickey who the only thing I really say in the book is that you know his his faith reached over 2,000 miles and and helped um, break the darkness that was around my mind and and it's 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 frankly it's a long it's a long story it's a book in itself that someday I'm I'm going to write, um, but but it has very very strong spiritual connotations and and you know I think the short story is that I I learned that um, as individuals we can have a more profound impact in the lives of others and our uh, other people in our life that are in darkness than we think because it happened to me. Um, and, and, and maybe 
maybe I can share this experience. It's it's a long suit, so if I go down that path, I'll you know it's like a one hour story all by itself. Right? Uh huh. Okay. But 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 let me let me share one um one incident from uh, from that journey and um th- th- and and this occurred this occurred when I was uh, let's see I just turned seventeen and I when I was in thirteen when I was thirteen. I lived in a really, I'll just call it an advanced state of darkness. And in, in fact, I could, I could read all kinds of, I could tell you all kinds of statistics, but, but one of them was that during my 13th year, I was taken out of two schools, two shopping malls, and a bank in handcuffs. And I lived with this guy, his, he was my brother-in-law, uh, his, again, his name is Mickey. I lived with him for about uh, four months when I was 13. And during those four months, I was arrested twice for burglary and taken out of a bank in handcuffs. And, and so one can see that um, it was one of my many moves, right? It was a family member I moved to. I lived with all kinds of family members. I happened to live with him for about three months when I was 13. And I, uh, uh, I, I moved to, I was living in Denver. I moved to Georgia. He moved to Salt Lake City. Um, at that time, and for the next four years, I had, um, I only saw him once, and I saw my sister once, because I kept moving, I was living in street shelters, I was living on my own, and I didn't really have contact with any family. But, but, but between the time I was thir- 13 and 17, I, I went through this spiritual catharsis, in, in which, um, I, I came from a state of, um, darkness to one in which I was, I'll just say, getting inspiration. I'll use that word. And, and during that journey, I, uh, it went through phases. Um, at, at the first phase of that journey, I, I began to recognize that, um, truth was coming into my mind. Um, and in, in, in some of these, some of these times when I had these recognitions, I was in very desperate places. I mean, not not good, you know, environments. And but I realized that truth was coming into my mind. And, and at that initial stage, I frankly I just thought I was smart. But then at a next stage of this journey, I, I recognized that the ideas that were coming into my mind were prepackaged concepts and thoughts and. And that, that they weren't, if, if you go through a rational process, you say A equals B and B equals C, so therefore A equals D. That's a process of rational discovery. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But these things that were coming to my mind were completely prepackaged thoughts, and, and, I, and I knew they weren't from me. Yeah, yeah. And, and then at a later stage of that journey, I had identified the source of that information as God. And I believe that today. I mean, I, 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 I do transformation classes with a lot of people that aren't religious, and they don't have to believe it to understand this, this part of my experience. But I believe it was God. And, and then I had this, this seminal event. Um, this was after, if you remember in my book, Marla, the, the, the drug overdose. And um, I had a major spiritual experience then. 
Right. And the next day I quit drinking, I, I quit smoking cigarettes, I quit drinking, I quit doing hard drugs. About three months after that, I, I was um, really dedicated to a spiritual journey, and so I, I started reading the Bible and some other things. And, and I came to the realization that, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I felt chosen, because the, some, many of these events that occurred in my life, I, I wasn't around any family members or, 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 or healthy influences in my life. And, and so I felt like I'd been chosen by God. And it was a very bizarre experience because, and I'll tell you exactly what happened, and the reason it was bizarre was because I knew I had not earned the level of spiritual influence that had come into my uh-huh. life. And, and so I, had, I, I was troubled with two points. Number, number one, I hadn't earned it. And number two, it didn't happen to my friends. And so I, I, frankly, I went to God and I, I said, I don't remember the exact words, but I was grateful. I said, I'm grateful for this change because I've been brought out of this immense darkness. And I'm, I'm so grateful, but I'm troubled because I feel chosen and, and I know I didn't earn it. And what troubles me is, why didn't you choose my friends? And the other thing that troubles me is if you chose me for reasons that I had no control of over today, how do I know you won't unchoose me tomorrow? Oh, that makes sense. Wow, absolutely. Uh, well, it's a fear that would be quite rational. Absolutely, it, it was, and I, and I was that was rational. This pro, this thinking process was rational yeah, versus the right. inspiration I got. And I went to I went to God and I asked Him why these changes had occurred in my life, and He told me it was because of this other person. Oh, okay. So someone had um, spoken. F- up for you in a way is that what you mean by that? I, I would I, I would say about you know other spiritual changes event, occurred in my life. About seven months later, I called him, and 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 all I can say is uh, you know on this call you know all I can say is that he, he knew that I would change. Yes. Yeah. And so it, I, I'm sure. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, it's it's just amazing that he was such of such strong faith and had such strong faith in you and your ability that if you were chosen, that you would go on to do exactly what you're doing and teaching others how to change as well. And we're going to go into another break. Gosh, this time is going so fast, I can hardly believe it. <laughs> and thank you for sharing that. When we come back, I'd like to talk more about these transformation principles that you discover. Great. Thank you. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Hey, you living the dream like Nina and Cindy? Were you shocked by the Chuck E. Cheese calamities, diaper dilemmas, and major mom minivan mishaps? Then get ready to share it with Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer, Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. And as Nina and Cindy say, if you're thinking it, we're saying it. It's your chance to discuss, share, and learn from two moms who have been there, done that, and got the t-shirts. Check out their website, ltdchix.com. 
Living the Dream Moms is all about all things moms have to deal with daily. Nina and Cindy are two ordinary frazzled moms who admit when they need help and do their best to research and discuss topics that are not always talked about. Living the Dream Moms are just two real women who are discussing the trials and tribulations and triumphs of everyday mom lives. You are not alone. It's Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer. Thursday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here today with a true leader of transformation, Kip Kreiling. And you can actually get the first chapter of Kip's book free if you go to his website, Kip, K-I-P, Riling. Am I pronouncing that right? You are, yes. Awesome. And, and that's K-R-E-I-L-I-N-G dot com where you can get the first chapter free and find out what people are raving about. Or you can email me for one of these three books I have here at Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. Thank you so much, Kip, for, sh- for sharing that, that really moving story. And, you know, my heart, in my heart, I believe that... When miracles like that occur, it's, it, it really is because um, the individual is so worthy and will go on to help others with all that he or she has, has learned and go on to impact and change others' lives. And, and you're doing exactly that. So thank you for that. It's pretty amazing. Thank you. Kip, you, you discovered along your journey eight what you call transformation principles um, and we've covered, you know, we've actually covered some of them, <clears throat> excuse me, although we haven't said formally, but uh, the human capacity for transformational and um, making organization and personal transformations being imperative. Um, I love this one, enabling transformation by changing our ideas. Talk a little bit. We've talked some on that. Yeah, well, so... Um... <clears throat> In fact, the the chapter that I use to describe that is called "Surrounded by a Curtain of Ideas," and I I had this just really um, poignant experience in in East Germany where I saw somebody change in just a matter of five days, and 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 I, I actually address because you know one of the fundamental questions people ask is what you asked in, in the last segment is what, you know, what really 
was was the catharsis what started the change and and in in my case you know I had this religious this this spiritual conversion but that spiritual conversion changed my ideas and 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 my life conformed to the new set of ideas and so I what I saw is that our our ideas change us and and frankly people that join any kind of um, uh, not just religions but people who become um, um, vegetarians, people who become, um, uh, uh, what's the other, um, anyway, those, those kinds of, um, theology, uh, philosophies change people's ideas and it changes them. And what I experienced in, in East Germany is I was touring East Germany in 1989 with, uh, an American, um, groups of students. And at that time it was before the wall came down. And and we had to have a, a state-appointed tour guide to, to guide us uh, at that time because it was under the communist regime. And our tour guide, her name was Gisela. Um, unfortunately, we met her in Dresden. I say unfortunately because Dresden was um, was bombed by the Allies during World War II and was a symbol of brutality uh, for the people in East Germany, uh, a symbol of Western brutality. And Gisela had been taught that the people in the West who were able to come uh, and spend several weeks just touring um, the Eastern countries came from that rich uh, class that was the exploiters. I mean, this is what she'd been taught through her, you know, kind of communist training. And so when we met her in Dresden, um, we were the first Western group she'd ever interacted with. She was a, a college student. Uh, with a lot of ambition. She'd studied in Moscow. She really believed in her set of ideas, her communist worldview. And when, and when, she, when we met her, you could see the disdain that she had for us in her eyes because she thought we were from that class of abusive exploiters. And I really just wanted to pull her aside and tell her my story because I clearly didn't come from that class at that time. Right. Um, I'm not in that class today. I'm not an exploiter. But And over the next four days, five days, as she began to see that we were just normal people, um, it, you know, trying to find happiness in life, her, it was frightening, beautiful and frightening and scary all at the same time. Her entire worldview collapsed before us. And the, the pivotal, pivotal experience was when we were going, we, we were crossing into East Berlin to West Berlin for a couple hours. So we'd been in East Berlin for several days and, and experienced the poverty that they had there. And the director of the program designed it this way. We went into East Berlin, and then he had us go over to West Berlin for a couple hours. And, and then we had to go back to the East for several more days. And, and so we experienced it just the opposite way that most Westerners experienced it. They'd fly into West Berlin. They'd go into East Berlin, see the poverty, and go back to their normal life. And when we got to the border, uh, not Checkpoint Charter, but in Charlie, but another one, you know, as Americans, we just never thought that Gisela wouldn't be able to go because she couldn't go. <laughs> and, and so we got to the border, and the, and, and the border guards with machine guns basically said she's got to wait. And it was really shocking to us just because we're not used to that. Uh, I'm sure she was um, expecting it. Um, but w as she was getting off the bus, we, we just said to her, Gisela, you know, there, there were 40 of us, anything you want, we'll buy it. Anything. 
And part of what made the experience shocking is she said, you won't believe what she wanted. She wanted hair barrettes, which are those little rubbery things that you use to make um, um, pigtails that have some cloth around them. And she wanted grapes because she hadn't had grapes in eight years. But at that moment, um, more than any other experience we had with her, she saw that the people that she was being told were um, were were the um, the exploiters would give her anything she wanted, and we cared about her, and yet her government wouldn't let her cross over into this other space for two hours, and her entire life, you know, her worldview view changed and right. right before our eyes. Yeah, well, that was a transformational experience for all of you, I'm sure. Yes, it was. It was a transformational experience for all of us. Wow. Wow, what a lot of amazing stories. Huh. Poor Gisela, but uh, it, what, poor Gisela, nothing. She learned something amazing. Well, well you know, you know, what was it? when we we went back to East Berlin? We we were with her for two more days, and we were heartbroken because we we were getting ready to go to another border where we thought we'd leave her for the rest of her life. As yeah. we crossed from East Ber- East Germany to West Germany, and and just by pure luck, the the Berlin Wall fell while we while we were there. Uh, we toured it oh six weeks before it fell, and we actually met her on her first trip outside of the uh, Iron Curtain. We met her in Frankfurt. Um, she flew over and met us, and, um, and so we got to be with her for her first trip out from behind the Iron Curtain. And, and so I, I call that chapter Trapped by a Curtain of Ideas because uh-huh. Cecil was trapped by a curtain of ideas that were reinforced by a political curtain. Yeah. But we yeah. also are trapped by our own curtains of ideas, or can be. Yeah, and they're dictated to us by society and parenting and teachers, and then we just take them from there and get really creative with them, don't we? Yeah, (laughs) or destructive in some cases. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And so that takes us to another one of the principles of shifting our creative energy from negative action to positive action. Talk a little bit about that. Well, that, I learned that principle early in my life um, because I, I, uh, you know, I I kind of already learned it, but um, as I discussed in that chapter, I I had this professor uh, after I really got serious about my education and I was taking an honors philosophy class, and he was a mentor for me, really brilliant guy. But I started to notice that when I saw him around campus that it just looked like he was carrying a big weight on his shoulder. And, and it became clear to me as I got to know him that he had accepted an, an idea that was really weighing him down. And, and, you know, there's much more detail in the chapter. I can't cover it all here. But one of his favorite quotes well, it was his own quote, frankly. He had written it. Uh, he was a philosophy professor of, 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 of high regard. And the quote was, it's the duty of every servant of God is to relieve suffering. And I could see in his own life that because he had set the relief, the elimination of a negative as a primary objective in his life, that he was like he was carrying the the world on his shoulders, right? And 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 at that age, I I I, I got the point that 
you really want to focus your energy on creating positives, not eliminating, eliminating negatives. And this particular idea ties into, for those people who are familiar with the secret and the law of attraction, right. is that you get more of the things you think about. And, and, and so if you want to lose weight, um, if you think about weight, if you become obsessed with weight, you're likely to get more of it. But so instead of saying, I'm going to lose weight, um, conclude to hike every mountain trail in your state as a goal mm-hmm. and go do that. And what, one of the things you will find is a, is a, is a substantial increase of energy um, when you focus on creating positives. Yeah, most definitely. Always taking that thought and throwing it out and, and grabbing the next more positive thought because sometimes it is really hard to go from a, a more negative thought into a really, really positive thought. So I always like to tell you know, my clients and listeners to, to, to grab the next more positive thought and climb that ladder. Well, and try to look at, you, you know, if you have a situation in your life that um, is creating negativity, in, instead of trying to get rid of the negative thing, Try to think about what the positive state would look like yes. and go, go after that, right? Yeah. And what you'll find is that the negative thing just kind of disappears. It does. It does. Absolutely. Wow. You've shared such wonderful things with us here today, Kip. I, we're coming to the end of our show. Um, tell our listeners where we can find you and any parting thoughts. Um, so you can um, find out quite a bit about me at my website at, at kipkreiling.com, K-I-P-K-R-E-I-L-I-N-G.com. Um, uh, you can find out more about the, uh, the volunteer work I do in prisons and other places at a website called transformationhelp.org. And you can find out more about my book at, at, at Amazon and, and see the reader reviews. Uh, from all over the country on the book at Amazon.com. Thank you, Kip Kreiling, for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marla. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on the Her Insight Network on Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just...